Have you ever wondered what it's like to sit in on a magazine editorial meeting? Well, this is your chance. You're listening to Salt Lake Speaks, a monthly podcast where our editors, writers, and staff dig deeper into stories, chat with newsmakers, and talk amongst ourselves about arts, culture, food, music, politics, or whatever else might strike our fancy. After all, we are Utah's biggest fans. Hi, this is Mary Brown Maluth, executive editor of Salt Lake Magazine, and you're listening to Salt Lake Speaks, Salt Lake Magazine's own podcast. Today we have with us Andrew Clyburn. He's the general manager of Current, uh, the seafood restaurant that has made waves, ha ha, <laughs> in the city the last few and years. And um, Andrew's here to talk about something that used to happen all the time at this time of year. You'd hear this, you'd see it in every press release, you'd see it, all the restaurants had banners and it would say, Le Beaujolais est arrivé, right? And it was Nouveau Beaujolais. So um, that got a little bit hackneyed. It got a little over-marketed, as things can do. Thank you, Georges de Boeuf. And um, uh, so without, uh, although Beaujolais is still it's really good wine, it can be really, really good wine. It was just over-marketed and oversold and misunderstood the way things uh, are when they're oversold. But Andrew has a new idea he's doing at, at Current, and it's uh, uh, American Nouveau. New, new. So, new world, new. New world, nouveau. Lots of plays on that. And um, I guess the first thing I really want to understand is, what do you mean by that? Because it's not Beaujolais. And uh, Beaujolais is traditionally a wine that was made at the end of the harvest in France and it was uh, bottled fresh. It was not aged at all. So that meant that you had to drink it really quickly, which never, nobody ever had a problem doing. Great, quaffable, light wine, not one of your big serious, serious wines. So what, that being what Beaujolais Nouveau originally was, what's your take on it, Andrew? Yeah, definitely. Well, first of all, I think it we should talk about the fact that there are really two worlds of Beaujolais, right? Yes. So there's, when you go to the wine store here in town, there's lots of wonderful Beaujolais on the shelf that is wonderful and meant to be drunk at multiple times down the road, right? And then there's this Beaujolais Nouveau thing, which the, you know, the French used to call Vendelanet or something right. like that, where it's, it was a way for the winemakers and their families to drink that harvest, to celebrate the harvest, right. harvest wine, right? So, and like you said, that sort of became like this big marketing party and, and we, some of us anyway, have been to those parties and they're right. kind of fun, but the wines themselves aren't very good in my opinion. Right. And, and the whole sort of, the hoopla around it, it got tired, so. That's a good point though, and I didn't say that. There's Beaujolais and there's Beaujolais Nouveau. Correct. Yeah. Right, yeah. and so keep that in mind when you go to the liquor store. That right. they're, they're two very different products. Yeah, absolutely. So the idea came up between me and, uh, and Brett Ludeman, who's a local wine broker here. He owns Flora and Fauna Wines. And we thought, why don't we approach some wineries and see if they'd be willing to ship us here in Utah uh, some Nouveau wines, um, some wines from this vintage, 2017, uh, that they ferment, bottle, and get to us within a couple weeks and sort of turn the whole tradition on its head because A, they're coming from the U.S. Right. Uh, B, they're all 
what are called natural wines, nothing added to them, right. very little to no sulfur. And they're just meant to be drunk right now, having right. a party. So kind of keeping the tradition of of having a great time in November, third Thursday in November, right, or in this right. case. Right, and a harvest later. celebration, because these are all this year's vintage. Absolutely, right? which is an interesting vintage we can talk about maybe right. with the wildfires. Oh, yes, with the yeah. wildfire, I would be interested to yeah. talk about that. And natural. Natural yes. wines are the buzzword in wine <laughs> now. I mean, they are the buzzword. Yeah. And uh, so why don't you explain just very succinctly what that means? Because Wine's a natural thing, right? Right, right. Right? I mean, <laughs> well, first everybody, of all, <laughs> how many winemakers have I interviewed and said, it's really all about the grape. Totally. It all starts in the grape. <laughs> you just put the grape in the bottle. Not really. No. There's a little more to it than that. There's a little bit more to it, but the, there's no one definition of natural wine. You talk to 100 different natural winemakers, and they'll give you 100 different definitions. But we can maybe distill it to the fact that you're, the winemaker is doing as little as possible to make great wine. They're not adding yeast. That's probably the one that's the easiest to. Right. The, they're not adding yeast to the wine to ferment the sugar to make alcohol. Right. They're just using they're the not, yeast the that comes with the grapes. The yeast that's on the grapes, and totally. it's always on the grapes. Yeah. That's what so they that's probably say. the common denominator. Right. But they're certainly not adding things like color or tannin or acid or water or any of the 200 plus things that are allowed in American wine laws to, right. to make a wine taste like wine. Um, and this, in, in all these six cases here we have on the table, and that you'll be able to try tomorrow. Um, and we will, excuse me, we'll yeah. have pictures of these on on yeah. our website, saltlakemagazine.com. So, uh, so take a look, so you can see what these bottles look like. They look different in the bottle <laughs> than most than most wines. Yeah, they're so. a lot of them are interesting color, interesting right. grapes in, in, too. Yes, you know? yeah, and they're the, some of them are cloudy. They're not 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 necessarily all clear, uh, so they're. I guess they aren't fined, or I mean, nothing. Literally, nothing was done to them except for to ferment the sugar out and to get them dry, right. and then to put them in a bottle, put a cork in it, and rush them. Literally, rush them in some cases to Utah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Thank you, DABC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So there, as a clear window into the vintage as you can possibly get, which was the whole point of Beaujolais Nouveau in the beginning. You know, sharing this vintage with your friends. It's a harvest party. You know? Right. I mean, We're what done. happened this year? Totally, yeah. Here comes Christmas, here comes Thanksgiving, all right. that. So that's what this is really about. It's a celebration of the end of harvest. And it's a clear expression of what actually happened this year. And a very temporal expression. Totally, which yeah. Which is the interesting thing. Yeah. Because wine, so much of it depends on age and uh, and that. So you taste a wine at the beginning and you you take it out with those thieves out of the barrel <laughs> right. and you taste it and it's like, well, I think it's got another five years to go or something. It'll right. be great then. <laughs> and uh, which is one intimidating thing about wine, but it's also a fascinating thing about it. But this is the opposite of that. Yeah, this is like, this is what happened this year. Yeah. Starting when the, when the at bud break and right. stuff, this is, this is what this year was like. This is weather in a bottle. This is what you Not drink while you're going around the cellar using the thief to taste right. the real wine. <laughs> I mean, that's really what this is. It's totally unpretentious. It's what right. the winemakers drink. Right. Um, this is for winemakers and for um, uh, friends and family and people who are interested in wine right. like, like we are. Uh, but yeah, it is a record of what happened this year. Right. You know? So what areas do these wines come from? You've got six bottles here. Yeah, six, so five of the six come from California. Right. Um, and then Fos Piste, uh, the winery itself is in Portland, downtown Portland. 
um, and Jesse Skiles is the winemaker, and he's doing great things up in the Northwest. But the others come from California, and really all up and down the state. Okay. Um, Lo-Fi comes from uh, Santa Barbara County, mm -hmm. Central Coast, um, all the way up to Scribe, which is a really well-known winery up in uh, Sonoma. Um, which we have their Nouveau, which is really, really cool this year. They don't make very much of it. Right, yeah. right. And, um, and these wines, the color of them, you'll see when you see them on, online, uh, at least three of them are this sort of cloudy uh, cranberry juice kind of color. They're not a deep, dark red, even though this scribe you're mentioning, the Pinot Noir, yeah. is is Pinot Noir. Right. You know, right. that's not, this is not what we think Pinot Noir looks like unless you're talking about a rosé. Right. Right. So, um, why? Time. <laughs> time. Time. On is, skins? Yeah, time exactly. Time on the skins. So, you know, the, you, normally it takes uh, a couple weeks, right, to firm, typically, I'm speaking very big generalizations, it takes about two weeks, 10, 10 to 14 days, to completely ferment uh, a red wine. Mm -hmm. And during that time, most of the time it's on its skins and you're sort of punching well, down, when punch and, down the and you're doing all that stuff. Well, in this case, it's just on the skins, in some cases, for a very little bit of time. And then they are pressing it off like a rosé and then finishing the fermentation. Um, so, and that's because there's not a whole lot of time to get you know, that color and those tannins and all that flavor for their regular wines into the bottle. So right. this is really, real, uh, it's about a truncated amount of time. It's about freshness and really getting this out to the market as soon right, as possible. Right, as, as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, back to the weather in California, which yeah. was a very interesting year. Wildfires yeah. and and just kind of a mess out there. I right. used to live in Sonoma. Oh, cool. And uh, um, I just watched those fires getting closer and closer to places that I knew and loved and mm -hmm. in some cases hitting them and other places being spared and yeah. so forth. So how did this, how would that, do you say, what kind of effect did this particular year, and not just the fires, but the whole year of weather, have have on this year's wine? What are we going to taste that's unique? Yeah, so I really, uh, starting with the big picture, California's been in a drought for you know right. a long time, decades-long drought, and then they had a gigantic um, amount of precipitation last winter. Right. You know, mammoth, the, the snow going up to the ski lift sometimes. And then it got dry again this summer. And everything was going along pretty well. I mean, it, you know, we're used, right. to, we're used to drought at this point in, those, sure. in, the, in the growing regions. And then in uh, early October, I actually uh, landed in Oakland on the day that the fires broke out. It was a Monday morning. Actually, it was previous night, Sunday night, but right. Monday morning. And it was like watching, I mean, it was apocalyptic. Yes. You know? Uh, it was really, really crazy and uh, ended up cutting that trip short and coming back home. Will you taste that in the bottle? No. Will you taste the emotion, I argue? Yes, you will. I mean, there's a lot of emotion, a lot of, um, you know, these, these wineries typically aren't um, well-funded. They're a little bit smaller, right. you know, and they don't own their vineyards, and so they're really at the mercy oh, okay, of... so they're not a state while they're buying their grapes. Correct, yeah, okay. in, in most, in, in in most, most cases. cases. Yeah, it's not a 100% rule in this, with these six, but mostly. Right. Um, so you're, you're, you're really tasting, we talk about the, the record of the vine and the year, well, also the hands that made it. Oh, sure. You know, and the, and, and the hope of next year, and the hope of the year after that. So. It's, um, it's a great 
way to experience this vintage and kind of remember what the heck happened. Right. You know? The wine is bottled memories, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yes. That's, that's a great a, way to that's, put it. That's um, um, one of the wonderful... In some cases you can't remember after you know. Ah, that's <laughs> the point. Yeah, let's... Bottle memories to forget. Right. Right. <laughs> um, what kind of grapes typically are yeah, these? So I've seen that there's Pinot Noir primarily, right. but I can't uh, read the other describe, ones. Describe the, the, the Pinot Noir that you were pointing mm -hmm. to. And then you get into some kind of fun ones. Um, so Martha Stuman is a, is a, uh, a winemaker and uh, the name of the winery as well that we've worked with a lot at Current this year. Um, and she did a lot of her training in southern Italy. Uh -huh. um, her apprenticeships. And so she's using a grape called Nero Davola oh, right. um, for hers, 100% Nero Davola, which is a Sicilian uh, grape. Um, and then... The and where is she growing it? I mean, or where is she getting it? Mendocino. She's Men getting Mendocino. Yeah, Mendocino County is kind of one of the epicenters for this uh, natural American wine yes. movement. Yes, it fol follows on it being the epicenter of the organic Absolutely, wine yeah. movement. It was really the leader of that in California. Right. And, and in fact, right. our own, you know, Le Evan Lewandowski here in yes. Salt Lake gets almost all of his wine grapes, his grapes from, from Mendocino. Mendocino. Yeah. Um, it's too bad we don't have his Nouveau this year. He's out of town. But uh, anyway, the, the next Evan, one... Evan, we're thinking about <laughs> you. I think he's in New York. Um, and then the next one is Brock, which is a really great winery that we visited. Uh, in, it's in Berkeley, mm -hmm. right next to Donkey and Goat. Um, oh. And this, these grapes are fun. This, it's Valdigay and Chenin Blanc. One red, one, one white. white, equal parts. And that's why it, it looks like that, right. which is basically cranberry juice. Yes. And it also tastes like a, kind of a nice cranberry juice, you know, <laughs> that you want to have a lot of. Um, but Valdigay... <laughs> you want to forget. Right. Back to that. Valdigay is a really, it's a cool California... A cool California grape that was actually um, genetically proven to be from southern France, but they thought it was Gamay because it kind of tastes like Gamay, oh, which see. is Beaujolais right. Nouveau, of course. Um, and then Chenin Blanc, which gives it kind of an ad, like an acid backbone. Mm -hmm. You know, it kind of gives right. it that, that nice zippy feel. Right. Yeah. Not so good. unusual grapes, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, really unusual. What, what I, I read in a white one bottle. Yes. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Not the whole Cabernet. Not, no. not that these grapes can't make great Nouveau, Cabernet Sauvignon, Chardonnay, sure, sure. these things. But you wouldn't, a winery wouldn't necessarily use those to make this wine because they want to make a little bit of money off of those. You know, it's well, an economic thing. Well, that's the thing, an economic thing. Yeah. You've got to use the grapes yeah. for, you know, some of it's for fun and a lot of it's for money. Absolutely. So that you can have well, fun. It's a business, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And then another Pinot Noir here from um, Poe, which is uh, out of Napa. And this Fos Piste is Grenache, actually. Um, oh. Oregon Grenache, which is, uh, Grenache lends itself really, really well to this process. It I would think. Yeah, it it's, it's a fairly light-skinned um, red grape that it, called Grenache in Spain, right. Grenache in France, and makes really, really cool sight-expressive wines, mm -hmm. so-called quote-unquote serious wines, but also makes lovely, light, refreshing wines like this from Fos Piste. Yeah. That's, fan that's fantastic. Now, um, what kind of food are you going to pair with this kind of wine? Yeah, great question. All uh, natural, all organic, <laughs> raw? <laughs> Free raw range, raw, raw. yes. Ne <laughs> has never seen a kid. No, just kidding. Um, the idea here was harvest and seafood. What, what, what the heck are we going to do here? So, um, Alan Bryan's great chef, worked with him now for about a year at Current. Um, and I kind of came up with a menu using cheese and charcuterie, but also lots of fun seafood things too that may be unexpected. Um, 
utilizing smoke and acid and, and a way to sort of shape some of those raw seafood materials into flavors that are going to love these this nouveau wine. wine. Yeah, right. which That's are generally light and sort of red fruited. Right, you know? right. That is what I wondered when I think of Current as being a seafood restaurant, how you would make the seafood go with this particular kind of, of wine, which yeah. you wouldn't expect yeah. necessarily. You think something maybe more steely, more, you know, flinty, I mean, classic, classic uh, seafood whites. Right. Um, so that's interesting. I yeah. can see smoke would, would definitely do that. Yeah, Grilling, some things like that, some caramelization and things right. like that. Yeah, right. it, th those fatty sort of uh, orange flavors, umber right. flavors, you know, that go so well with this kind of wine. Right. You know, we've done this in the past too. So, yeah. Now, these wines are not available at your DABC store. They're all special order. Andrew ordered them specially for this event at uh, Current, and, uh, but you can taste them. <laughs> you can taste them. Go to uh, Current's website. It's um, currentfishandoyster.com and uh, uh, get your tickets or sign up for your, your seat at the uh, tasting event, which is tomorrow. Tomorrow starting at 6 p.m. Tomorrow starting yep. at 6 p.m. And, uh, and you'll get a chance to taste through these wines and see what you think, how they pair with seafood, and uh, get a good basic introduction to natural wines, American style. American style. New, yeah. new, new nouveau. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks, Andrew. You're welcome. Thank you. This was an episode of Salt Lake Speaks, a podcast of Salt Lake Magazine. You can find it and other podcasts online at saltlakemagazine.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>